You're in the water loop. Waterloop episode number 126, Getting Schooled in Freshwater. The Great Lakes are the largest freshwater ecosystem in the world, containing over 20% of Earth's surface freshwater. This makes the Great Lakes an incredibly unique and critical place for water research, including in the areas of invasive species, microplastics, emerging contaminants, and climate change. The opportunities to learn and devise solutions for water challenges is discussed in this episode with Rebecca Clapper, the Vice Dean of the School of Freshwater Sciences at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Rebecca also talks about how the university attracts students from a wide range of backgrounds who then go into a diversity of fields after graduation, highlighting the cross-disciplinary nature of water. Before starting the conversation, a few reminders. Waterloop is a nonprofit media outlet that depends on a variety of support. That includes you as a listener. If you value Waterloop's content, consider making a contribution through Patreon. Patrons support podcast production, join exclusive Q&A sessions with guests, suggest topics for coverage, get shoutouts, and receive merchandise. Visit patreon.com slash thewaterloop. Waterloop is made possible in part by a grant from Springpoint Partners. We are very grateful for the foundation's vital support. Waterloop is also sponsored by Hydroloop, a company that is revolutionizing gray water recycling in homes and businesses. Waterloop. It's time for bold leadership when it comes to advancing water sustainability. Let's look at the example set by Sydney, Australia. The city saw that it was time to adapt, and it cleared the way for residential gray water recycling, allowing homeowners to clean and reuse water in their homes. Enter the perfect solution, Hydroloop. It's a water recycling system that takes the water from showers and washing machines and cleans it so it can be used again for toilets, washing machines, garden irrigation, and more. The Hydroloop technology can make a massive difference for water sustainability in countries around the world, including in the United States. Sydney is showing what is possible by empowering residents to recycle water. With Hydroloop, you can use water twice. Learn more at Hydroloop.com. You're in the Waterloop. Hi, welcome to Waterloop. This is Travis. Excited for this episode to talk with Rebecca Clapper. She is Vice Dean of the School of Freshwater Sciences at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Rebecca, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, like I was saying kind of before we started recording, I've you know known about that School of Freshwater Sciences for a number of years. People speak so highly of it. Uh, you all have an incredible mission and work that you do up there that we'll talk about. Uh, so I'm really, really glad to connect. Uh, and I was saying I want to have more Great Lakes kind of content on the podcast. So this is a, a good step in that direction. Um, Even better. Yeah. Before we kind of dig into maybe some of the issues and, and uh, into the nuts and bolts a little bit, could you tell people what the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee School of Freshwater Sciences is? 
Yeah, um, we are the first uh, graduate school of freshwater sciences located on Lake, on one of the Great Lakes in the United States. Um, and um, we are um, right now, um, we started as a graduate school, but we are um, just starting our new undergraduate program this year as well. Uh, we have uh, scientists that research everything from aquaculture, um, how to sustainably raise fish in a um, time where you know fish populations are dwindling, even though they're a main food source for many people, um, to uh, water technologies for cleanup, for sensing, uh, to um, areas like my own research where we're looking at contaminants and how they impact not only the organisms that we find in freshwater systems and those communities and ecosystems, but also how that relates to human health. Um, the whole idea of uh, One Health, that the environmental health is tied to, to human health. Um, and then uh, we also have uh, people studying ecosystem science, how the freshwater sciences operate, um, how things like the Great Lakes operate. And then um, we also have uh, a great uh, scientist, a couple of scientists looking at bacteria and viral populations in our freshwater um, environments, including um, the latest thing being monitoring COVID in our wastewater uh, systems. Uh, what's being emitted from our wastewater systems after many of our populations are being exposed to things like COVID. Yeah. You have a lot going on then. A lot of, a yeah. lot of different angles here. Um, what's it just like being, you know, a scientist like yourself, uh, being located there on the largest freshwater ecosystem in the world and, and just delving into all that science? What's that just like? Yeah. You know, Milwaukee's in a great position because we have these, we're at the confluence of three rivers, um, the Milwaukee, the Menominee, and the Kinniknik River that end up emptying out into Lake Michigan. And, uh, you know, historically, this was uh, an area where Native Americans um, uh, were really dependent on, on the water systems and have a deep connection to water and the things they were able to grow here and the fish on these lakes. So we're very... Um, cognizant of the fact that we are uh, standing on the shoulders of, of other folks that had a great appreciation for this uh, freshwater system. And uh, we are really lucky in the fact that we can just step out our door and onto our boat and into these uh, freshwater systems and, and study them on a daily basis. And uh, so it's a pretty exciting place to be. We also have a, a great facility. Um, and because we're basically right on the water, um, we can bring samples back and analyze them right away in our facility. We have a great uh, group of scientists and undergraduates and graduate students and technicians in our building that everyone can interact with um, each other and learn from each other about these very uh, diverse areas uh, of freshwater science. Um, and that also includes, uh, you know, you think of freshwater scientists being uh, just those folks that go out and, and uh, study the, you know, the birds and bunnies of the water world, uh, different fish and organisms in water systems. Um, but we also have uh, folks that study economics and um, policy and legal aspects of our freshwater resources, which is really unusual for uh, a science school. And, and it is one of our sources of pride in the fact that we have uh, brought in some of the social sciences to help us answer questions about how humans relate to their environment. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, so in, in short, it's really cool <laughs> being, being located yes. there. Yeah. Short answer, very awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, why is, why are, you know, are the Great Lakes and, and, you know, where you're located, why is this an important place for water research to be happening? Um, you know, I'd love to really kind of get your perspective on that. 
Um, you know, the Great Lakes are a huge uh, freshwater resource for uh, many populations in the United States. And uh, it is, um, they're like freshwater oceans uh, is the closest thing that you can describe them as a, anyone that's from another part of the country. Uh, if you come to one of the Great Lakes, I think you're surprised about their size. They're just, they're ginormous uh, pieces of, of water. And, um, and they're just amazing in, in their scope. And so we really think of them more as, as oceans rather than what anyone would think of a lake being in, um, you know, one of the other states uh, that's not connected to the Great Lakes. Um, so they're an important source of, of fresh water, uh, drinking water for not only for uh, human populations, but also for industry. There are lots of industries that are located on the Great Lakes because of this great water source. Of course, uh, in Milwaukee, we're uh, a beer making town and mm. um, also have uh, Harley and, and uh, some other industries, um, Badger Meter and, and other pl uh, uh, industries that are associated with, with water, either dependent on the water resource or have built up here. Um, in fact, Milwaukee is becoming uh, a freshwater science hub uh, for industry and uh, commercial enterprises, partly because of um, an organization that started here, the Water Council, uh, many years ago, about the same time our, our school started, and really um, putting forth the fact that fresh water is, is very important for a lot of reasons. And, um, and so this is the place to be. We're on this huge freshwater resource where we can um, have water as a focus in our, in our discussions of not only, uh, you know, the environment and, and, and populations, but also for industry. I love that you describe the Great Lakes as as more like these oceans than lakes. That's a really cool way to explain it. When I've flown over the area or flown into the area, they are massive. Uh, the other thing that always surprises me is the color. Like, you know, yeah. you, you're kind of used to these muddy looking lakes and just the color of blue that they, they pop with is amazing sometimes. Um, all right. So all the science that you all are doing, what are, what's the science saying about the health of the Great Lakes, the science you all do? What are some of like the big, you know, takeaways right now? Yeah, actually, the example that you gave just now about how the lakes look is really a prime example. The lakes, uh, um, you know, a couple decades ago looked a lot different than they do right now. Mm. Um, lake Michigan, as you said, looks like the Caribbean when you fly over it now. And it didn't used to look like that. It used to be much less clear, um, mm. much less blue. And um, just to the naked eye, it looks beautiful now. You know, maybe it's, it's cleaned up or something. But actually, what happened is that we have um, several invasive species, uh, quagga mussels and zebra mussels that have invaded our Great Lakes. And uh, in Lake Michigan in particular, they have uh, cleaned up some of the bottom of the food web uh, to the point where it's harming some of the uh, creatures that are reliant on those um, little critters that are swimming around in, in the lake. And so it's cleared up the water column and created other problems like uh, algal growth, um, where light penetrates uh, deeper down into the water column and ends up instigating um, al algae growing where they weren't before and, and causes changes in ecosystem dynamics. And, and so um, invasive species are one where that have had a tremendous impact over the last uh, several decades. Uh, and it's definitely still of concern within the Great Lakes, whether it's um, quagga mussels and zebra mussels or uh, some of the fish species that have been introduced. And um, that uh, brings me to one of the things that the reasons why the Great Lakes are also important is, is shipping. And I didn't mention that before, but we use the Great Lakes as a conveyance system for our uh, goods and, and, and things that we're transporting around the Great Lakes region um, from other parts of the world. And with that, they sometimes bring in other critters that are not um, necessarily uh, beneficial uh, for our Great Lakes ecosystem. 
Yeah. Well, two of the other things I hear often are uh, associated with the Great Lakes are microplastics. You know, I've heard about that being an issue. Is that something that your science is is looking at or that you're, uh, you know, obviously aware of? Yeah. And, you know, that was one of the things I think we had known that there were, you know, plastics out in ocean systems for a while. The microplastics issue really hit um, with an article that was uh, published here on the Great Lakes where they found these little bits of plastics, um, either things that had broken down or things that had been in our cosmetic products um, in different parts of the lake. And and we're learning more now that um, uh, especially as there was such an emphasis before on uh, plastics that came out of our cosmetics, the scrubbers, um, little plastic beads that had been put in uh, for exfoliation or for looks um, and uh, people being afraid that those were what was ending up out in the lake. And what we're finding now is that um, there's a diversity of plastics that end up out there, things that are, are polymers, um, including things like uh, shredded up tires, um, fibers from our clothing that end up washing out and into our, our laundry and into the sewage treatment plant, which is not designed to take those things out and end up out in the environment. Um, and so uh, it is an issue. Um, there's still a question as to how much of an impact it's causing on freshwater systems. And so I think that's uh, still one of the big question marks. The fact that we are finding those little plastics often out in freshwater environments is definitely raising that to a level of concern. Hmm. The other thing I wanted to ask about, because I see articles uh, about climate change in the Great Lakes, you know, we, we hear so much about the drought in the West and here on the East Coast, we've got like a lot of intense rainfall and hurricanes and there's flooding that happens in the middle of the country. Um, I'm just curious kind of what the science is, is saying about the Great Lakes and if climate impacts. Yeah, in fact, we have a position open right now for uh, a climate scientist to join our ranks because we know this is important. We've had several scientists that have been studying this for, again, a couple of decades. Um, we, uh, In fact, we just um, absorbed into our school the um, atmospheric sciences department because we know there's such a strong connection between uh, atmospheric science and what happens in our, our Great Lakes systems. Uh, there have definitely been changes in um, water patterns, for instance, in Green Bay, um, which is up to the north of us. Uh, we have several scientists that study Green Bay ecosystem, which is part of the Great Lakes. And we know that there have been changes in water movement and in temperature and in the organisms that are able to survive and thrive in the um, in Green Bay because of, of climate change. And we also see changes in um, you know, the big thing about climate change is the variability that happens in our weather patterns. And what we have seen in the Milwaukee area and in other places surrounding the Great Lakes is that variability is really influencing how much washes into the lakes, how much uh, water flow um, sewage treatment systems have to deal with, our infrastructure has to deal with. Uh, we see differences in ice cover uh, on the lakes, which also um, helps to determine uh, water levels in the lake. And um, again, it's not necessarily that one year we, we see this uh, um, tremendous change and it keeps growing. It's the variability that happens is um, becoming uh, more unpredictable and, and greater and greater cycles so that uh, it's influencing how dynamic that system is and influencing them, you know, the whole ecosystem because of it. Yeah, interesting. You know, I think when you were talking about the School of Freshwater Sciences in the beginning of our conversation, you did rattle off uh, some different areas of research and things you do. Is there, are there any other uh, leading areas of research you have, types of research, or even notable or interesting findings that have come out of your science that you'd want to chat about? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so um, uh, my lab studies emerging contaminants, and those things are uh, either uh, chemicals that are new to the marketplace or things that have been around for a while, and we just now are able to measure them at maybe the low levels that they're found out in the environment. And so um, some of the things that we've researched in the past are some of the pharmaceuticals that we use on a daily basis and end up going through the sewage treatment plant. Uh, again, it, they get removed to some degree, but they end up out in our environment. And we try to identify which ones do we have to be more concerned about than others? And and um, and so our research has pointed to uh, you know a few different classes of medications that might be having impacts on fish populations. These include some of the neuropharmaceuticals that are released, so things like Prozac and uh, some of the other things that we take for depression, anxiety, um, seizures, and other things have similar neurological functions in in fish. And so, what happens when you're exposed to a really tiny dose of that over a long period of time in fish populations? And that's one of the things that we're studying. Also, uh, diabetes medications. So huge swaths of our, our population across the United States are on uh, diabetes anti-diabetic medications like uh, metformin is one. Um, and we've had some indication that that could potentially affect um, reproduction in fish. And so we're investigating that further. Um, definitely that energy balance, you know, it's designed to uh, regulate insulin levels in mammals uh, in, in us, uh, but does what does it do in a, in a fish? And it, it, we're um, a little concerned that it might have something uh, some kind of impact on the energy budget of, of a fish to the point where it causes changes in their populations. Um, one of the other great areas uh, in our research, I mentioned in the beginning, uh, our scientist Sandra McClellan is looking at how you can monitor uh, sewage and wastewater effluent and uh, the environment after that sewage and wastewater effluent to determine um, what's going on in a population. So uh, she's part of the group of scientists around the United States, around the world, that are looking at wastewater water as an indicator for human populations, in this case for COVID. And um, for instance, where is the Omicron uh, variant? Are we finding it here in our um, ecosystem, and that would indicate that it's also in our human population, maybe before we've even detected it medically in our in our hospitals and in our uh, our clinics. Um, so that's a, just uh, those are just examples of a couple areas of research. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, I hadn't heard about diabetic medication before. You know, I've definitely heard pharmaceuticals. I guess that is a type of pharmaceutical, but I hadn't heard diabetic medicine specifically. Very interesting. I've definitely heard for a while about, you know, uh, how this can influence even the gender of fish, right? There's been uh, fish that that change gender or whatever it might be because of the, yeah. this stuff. Um, uh, one of the things I'm interested in also is the idea of of research or science then making an impact. You know, using that that science to then address an environmental problem, a public health problem, you know, whatever it might be. Um, are there any examples, uh, you know, of, of that happening up there with the School of Freshwater Sciences? Yeah, I'll, but for um, an immediate example, I'll, I'll give you an example of, again, uh, our scientist, Sandra McClellan, that was doing bacterial studies. Um, her research has impacted everything from local uh, wastewater treatment to um, identifying which beaches need to be cleaned up. So, for example, um, as a, just kind of a, I don't know if you would call it a fun example, the, uh, there was detections of some bacterial contamination in one of the rivers around here that was right next to the stadium for the Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, they were trying to figure out where this uh, came from. And using her science, she was able to trace it back to a piping problem in one of the luxury boxes in the stadium. Um, <laughs> wow. And directly 
informed how they needed to fix that problem. Uh, but her research also has identified, you know, we have beach closures that happen around the United States. Uh, here in Milwaukee, they were happening quite often on some of the public beaches to the point where people didn't want to necessarily use those um, beaches as a recreational point because they were worried about the contamination from bacteria. And she was able to identify that actually a lot of the bacteria from those uh, beaches were, were coming from uh, seagulls and not necessarily from human waste. And uh, in the places where they did find any kind of leaks of, of sewage systems, she was able to um, identify those and, and they could clean those up or figure out where the pipes were that were causing that. But the, the seagulls, uh, Milwaukee came up with an interesting solution where they basically hired uh, dogs to run up and down the beaches to scare the seagulls away <laughs> uh, during certain times of the year where there would be populations of people there and the, and the amount of um, uh, E. coli contamination dropped uh, because of that. Um, so that's just, that's just one example, um, kind of a, a fun example, a really direct example that we see here in Milwaukee of our research making an impact. Wow. I was good. I was wondering in my head, I'm like, what's the solution for, for getting seagulls to stop visiting and, and doing that and a dog running up and down the beach? Um, I'm glad there's an employment possibility for my Labrador then if, if ever go. we need to put her to work because she would be all over that. Yeah, um, exactly. I'm, I'm uh, shifting gears a little bit. I'm curious about the students um, and you know what what kind of mindset they have right now. What are their interests? What do you you know what are what's driving them? Yeah. Oh, we have a diverse population of students in our in our program. So we have um, uh, in our pro our professional master's program. I'll just brag on that for a second. We have like a ninety eight percent placement rate of students mm -hmm. from our program going out in the world, and and doing stuff in water science. And they come in. Uh, our first students. I, I remember this population of students in particular, because we had a journalist, uh, we had someone that came from business, uh, someone that came from engineering, it was just a really, uh, and then plus people that are traditionally interested in, you know, environmental science and making a difference in protecting the environment. And so um, it was really uh, striking to me, even just from the beginning that we have a uh, huge uh, diversity in why people come and, and study what they do at the School of Freshwater Sciences. And, and similarly, when um, at the end of the line, people are getting internships and then, and, and then eventually jobs in a huge diversity of places. We have students that have gone into industry. Um, we've got, had students that have gone into government positions and, and students that have gone into nonprofits. So we have uh, students that are working for our local Wisconsin DNR on um, areas of concern cleanup uh, in the Great Lakes. We have folks that have gone off and done toxicology research in uh, Procter & Gamble and um, international flavors and fragrances. Uh, we have uh, folks that have gone off to university positions. Um, uh, you know, they want to be a faculty member like I am at another place and, and teach students uh, in this area. So it's a it's a huge uh, diversity of, of uh, students that come in and also who we graduate. I'll also say that there are a couple of them that have gone to work in our local water industries uh, or little startup technology companies. So uh, there's one of our first students is now working for a company that looks at, um, at solutions for uh, monitoring water use in industry and also in particular in people's homes to with the goal of making people aware of what they're using so then they can decrease uh, their water use in different ways. Um, and there are other startup companies here in Milwaukee that also employ some of our graduates. So, uh, so it's really exciting that, you know, it's a diverse field and also that our students are going into diverse places. We're really feeding um, a lot of different uh, freshwater science interests in positive ways. 
That's that's very interesting to to hear people drawn, students drawn from these different fields come there, build up their expertise, and then go out to a lot of different fields too. Um, yeah. It shows how water runs through so many things uh, yeah. in our society. Uh, my, my last question kind of gets at that a little bit too. And I think I, I got this from looking at your website and the idea that you talk about kind of your role in the global economy and uh, the science that you do and these uh, these fields that you're associated with. Could you talk about, about that, um, just the place of, of your university and, and the School of Freshwater Science? and this research in, in that big global economy? Yeah. I mean, research in academic institutions is really a major player in the global economy in general, um, and definitely in the locations where they're found. Um, you see that um, these you know, highly educated folks that are graduating from universities end up uh, really feeding into um, industry and uh, government positions in the surrounding area that can elevate um, that area financially. Um, and so in, in one way, uh, the research engine ends up feeding the economy of the local community. Uh, we have spinoffs that uh, come off of our, our research that end up starting local companies or, or are bought by local companies um, or international companies uh, in order to uh, build science. Um, and then more as a more uh, general concept, water is really important for um, all communities, not just as drinking water, but for our our industry, for our um, transportation, for all sorts of reasons. And so um, any way that we can improve our water resources and manage them better will help feed the global economy and will help stabilize the global economy. And so it's really important to consider it in, in many things that we do. And I think one of the reasons that we started our Center for Water Policy is that um, water is not necessarily uh, a major consideration uh, for a lot of industries, for a lot of governments. And and so it's really important to have that not just uh have an emphasis on science, but have an emphasis on how uh, water in general plays a role in society and, and how we need to consider it and a lot of, more of the things that we do um, in general. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Rebecca, I'm glad that I finally caught up with you and, and had the, the School of Freshwater Sciences featured on here. Um, you know, I hope to, to visit one day when, when I'm up in that area and, and see yeah. the campus and what you all do. So, uh, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in person someday. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode. And thanks again to Springpoint Partners for grant funding and to Hydroloop for sponsorship. Remember, you can support the Waterloop nonprofit media outlet at patreon.com slash thewaterloop. To find all episodes, sign up for email updates, and connect on social media, visit waterloop.org.